Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Question for you. Do you think like a boss? Do you know how to think like a boss? Does the idea of thinking like a boss kind of stress you out because it sounds like you couldn't possibly be a boss and assume and take ownership of the CEO role of your life while simultaneously being a humble, you know, kind-hearted woman? Yeah. I know how that feels. If you are struggling when it comes to drawing boundaries that are very needed, uh, when it, if you're struggling with people pleasing and other people's expectations or believing that you don't have enough time to do something that you really feel led or called to do, if you're feeling like I'm not young enough or I'm not old enough, any of these things that get stuck in our that we get stuck in our heads about, this episode's going to bless your life. Today I am talking with my friend Kate. Kate is a licensed psychotherapist and mindset and confidence coach for female leaders around the globe, and her whole thing that she loves to help women with is really tackling the fears and insecurities holding us back from moving to whatever the next level for us looks like in our lives and businesses. She recently wrote a book called Thinking Like a Boss, Overcome or Uncover and Overcome the Lies Holding You Back from Success. And today she is giving us a couple little butt kicks. She's very kind, she's very gentle, and she's very honest, but also um, really helping us identify some things that we may not even realize we're believing and taking the steps that we need to take to really begin moving forward and moving the needle in the right direction that we need to go. So all that said, this is a good one. And if you're getting a little bit stuck, whether that's with not having enough boundaries, overcommitting yourself, believing that you can't do it, that you're not good enough, that you need to be more ready, that you're too young, you're too old, you don't have time or any other crazy things that we do believe sometimes subconsciously, this is an episode for you. I won't make you wait any longer. Let's dive into it. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Kate, welcome to She. Hey, Jordan. I am so excited to be here with you today. Uh, likewise, my friend. Likewise. I am excited to learn all the things from you. I think we're going to be very encouraged. Um, but before we dive in too much, I would love if you can share a little bit about what you are up to and kind of your background and where your passion for helping women overcome their mind and find confidence, like where that came from, where that began, just a little bit of background into where you are now. Yeah. So I'm a psychotherapist. I'm also a confidence and mindset coach for female entrepreneurs. So a lot of people are like, what is that? What does that mean? What are you doing? And I pretty much just help women with all of the lies and the fears and insecurities that they tell themselves in business that 
hold them back from pursuing their dreams or pursuing that next thing in their life or business. Mm-hmm. Um, I started this business just about five years ago. Um, I was working as a psychotherapist. I had started my private therapy practice actually six years ago this month. Okay. And I was working in my practice, like loving the work that I did. I always said, I want to be my own boss someday. Um, once I start that business, like that's what I'll do forever. Hmm. And was in it, enjoying it. And I had a lot of ladies that were local just starting to come to me and say, like, how did you get started? Give me all the details. And through that, it ended up turning into a business. At first, I was just letting everyone pick my brain, as I'm sure you probably Mm -hmm. understand, Mm -hmm. and started to feel very, very burned out. So realized, wow, this is actually something that people want help with. They want to learn how to start a business. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing that I really found through coaching all these women was that it wasn't that they didn't have the business skills or they didn't know how to do things. It was just that their mindset was holding them back. Mm. And I truly believe if we're in a good place with our mindset, like we can accomplish anything in life. Mm. So good. And it's so true. It's like, I think one of the biggest things that I've I I guess personally have been convicted on recently is I was actually talking to my therapist about um, how a thought or how a thought over, I think it's 200 thoughts can then become a belief and how Mm. we have to be so careful with how often we're thinking something that doesn't necessarily hold complete truth in it. Um, So anyways, I, 100% agree with you, but that was just something that was top of mind as you were saying that because I was like, she just told me that. So that's really true and just wanted to insert that there, but love that you do that. And I know you also recently wrote a book. Can you share what that's called and why you chose that topic or why you chose to write that? Yeah. So my book is called Thinking Like a Boss, Uncover and Overcome the Lies Holding You Back from Success. Mm. And I basically wrote the manual that I needed when I first started my business. Mm. Um, Each chapter is broken up into one of those lies or limiting beliefs that I have personally told myself that a lot of the women that I coach have told themselves. And some of the lies, for instance, are um, I'm not ready to get started or I need to have everything together before I get started Mm. or I don't have enough time to be successful or my friends and family don't understand. You know, there are all of these lies that hold us back. And Mm. I really just take each lie. I break it down. I share stories. I share some actionable tips um, just to help people understand that this work can be done. I think that we often think it's going to be really difficult. Mm. Um, But I knew that I could just take these principles that I use in my coaching and put them into a book just to get people started. Um, And what I say is, you're not a failure or like there's nothing wrong with you if they continue to come up. When they continue to come up, it just means that you're moving forward. Mm -hmm. I think that there's this misconception of like, once I work through this lie, I'm never going to struggle with it again. And to be perfectly honest, that's what I thought in the beginning. I thought like once I'm comfortable doing sales calls or doing these intro calls in my therapy practice, Hmm. like I'm going to be confident and I'm never going to struggle with confidence again. Right. And 
you know, there's, there are different things that come up for me now, like each new level, they say like new level, new devil, Mm -hmm. you're going to be challenged and take it as a positive thing when you're struggling, because it means you're moving forward. You're not sitting still. Mm -hmm. Like I could just hide in my room all day and not do things that scare me, but I'm not going to move ahead. Mm -hmm. So it's important that we challenge ourselves and it's okay if you experience them. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. Well, I want to dive into one of the most prominent topics, um, especially of your book and the whole idea of thinking like a boss. And so can you first explain kind of a little bit more of what you mean by thinking like a boss and how to actually, how to actually do that practically? Yeah. So I think it's just taking ownership for your dreams and for your desires and where you want to be in life, really stepping into that CEO role of your life and business and saying like, starting today, I am going to do what I want to do. I'm going to accomplish what I want to accomplish. And I'm not going to allow these lies or I'm not going to allow maybe what other people people think of me to hold me back from living this life as a boss. Mm. Um, Because I think so often we live our lives and it makes me so sad. And I'm sure so many of the women that you work with and that follow you, you know, just say to you, like, I'm not even sure if I know what I want in my life because like, I know what other people want for me. I know what my significant other wants for me or what my parents want for me, but I'm not sure what I want. Mm. And each and every one of us can figure out what it is that we want. Like I always share, and I share this in my book that almost my entire life I struggled with an eating disorder. And I mean, I hated myself. I, Jordan, like I lived in New York City for grad school and everyone looking in would say like, oh my God, you're so lucky. You have like this beautiful apartment in the Upper West Side. Like you can, you have all of this freedom and I would be paralyzed. Like in my studio apartment, wouldn't leave Mm. because I didn't want people to look at me. Like I didn't want people to think, I look this way, like I'm fat or I'm ugly. And I was that crippled with anxiety and depression. Mm. Um, And I found healing from it. And I truly believe every single person can find healing. And I had to learn to tune out the voices of what other people were saying, like what Mm. the media was saying, like what you should look like, Mm -hmm. what is beautiful. And back then which that was about 12 years ago. I don't think we had, I don't think we had Instagram back then. Hmm. Um, So it was, I was like looking more at like, I remember going to Barnes and Noble and looking at those uh, like celebrity magazines and like what I would see on the cover of fitness magazines and feeling like I'm less than. So I can't even imagine what it might be for some people who are younger or just starting their journey these days you know, on social media. But I also think that we're grateful because if you look for the right people, you will find them. Like you Mm -hmm. will find the right um, people on social media that can be that good influence and can have that really wonderful impact on your life. Mm, So true. 
With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Hey, look at you. Florist by day, student by night, student by day, nurse by night. Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs taught by our expert faculty. We offer flexible schedules, scholarships, and tuition plans to help you reach your educational goals online. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. That's worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. Okay, so here's what I want to know. Um, I yeah. think this is something that a lot of people are wondering, and this is something I have wondered in the past, and I think it's important to talk about. So I think sometimes it can be hard to be both humble and think like a boss or be a boss and assume that role. 
And or at least in our mind, we think that we can't be both. Right. So it feels like we have to kind of be Mm. either or. And I see this with women a lot. They feel like, well, I don't want to do this because I don't want to look, you know, like I'm an egomaniac or I I don't want to promote myself too much. or I don't want to do X, Y, or Z. And it's almost like sometimes I wonder if that's a false humility that that is coming up as humility, but it's really fear. Other times I think it's truly a belief, maybe from what way the way we were raised or how we understand what humility is versus what being a boss is, whatever that means or whatever that looks like for us. I, I just wonder, like, what would you say about how we can combine the two? How can we still remain ourselves and be humble, but also be a little bit more boss-like in our mindset? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. Um, And I've struggled with this myself too. First of all, I think you do such a beautiful job at it because you get out there, you share what's possible for women without doing it in a way that's like, look at me, look at me, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think you are a perfect example of someone who does that. Oh, thank you. And yeah, yeah. I think that when I first started my business, what I was taught, so I, I want to say this because I want just for the women who maybe have a business or have a platform, be careful who you learn from. Mm. Um, because a lot of the people, like I was new to the online space and a lot of the mentors that I was sort of choosing um, would say, in order for people to trust you, in order for people to want to buy from you or be a customer or purchase a product, whatever it is, you have to like share all your numbers. You have to like really paint the picture of what's possible for them. But it was almost to the extent of like a bragging kind of thing. And I would say, I remember questioning and saying like, but that doesn't really feel good. And I remember them saying like, no, like you should share that you made this much money. And mm-hmm. Jordan, I gave into it because mm-hmm. I felt that that's what I had to do. And I no longer, like, it just, it felt so off. Mm-hmm. And I really had this conviction. I felt God saying, like, hey, you don't have to prove yourself. Like, mm-hmm. people can trust you and people can know that you can help them without knowing how much money you make. Like Hmm. it was a big sort of kick in the pants that I had. Um, This was about two years ago. And I started just saying like, I can be humble. I can also share and show people what's possible without having to share all the numbers. Cause Mm -hmm. I think that's like what people, people are curious and people want to know. Yeah. So I think it's about, there's this quote that a friend used to always say, and it's confidence is quiet and insecurity is loud. Hmm. Yeah. So being okay with like not sharing the numbers, but sharing like the transformation and like how it's yep. changed your life. Yeah. Um, and I think just reminding yourself Like, I think when women on the other side, when women are scared to get out there Mm -hmm. and say like, oh, I don't want to appear like I'm greedy or I'm not humble. Mm -hmm. I often think that it does come just from a place of fear of like, what are people going to think about me? Mm. And reminding yourself, like, you have to look like you have to see what others are doing. Like you once were there. And others want to also know what's possible. Mm, yeah. No, it's so, so true. I um, 
I'm really glad that you shared that because that is something I was actually talking to a friend of mine about just how I think often, especially in the entrepreneur space, it's often encouraged, like you should share how much you made, how much money you made or how big your launch was or all of these things. And we've had many conversations about how sometimes it's like, but that actually sometimes, I mean, personally as a consumer, sometimes I'm turned off by when people do that. I don't know if there's necessarily Mm. one way or the other that's better or worse. I understand the arguments for doing it and everyone can make their own decisions, but I would agree with you. I think there's always been a strange feeling that I've had of like, to the one degree, sure, it sells because it's a very clear, you know, um, this is what it is. But at the same time, I think like what you just said, insecurity is loud, confidence is quiet. And I think when what I'm gathering from what you're saying is when you think like a boss and when you take ownership of that CEO role, you are unapologetically confident in what you can offer or what you can create Mm. because you know it works. You don't need to throw, you don't necessarily have to throw out everything um, to prove something, right? And I think if people can see your authority on something because you have the authority through experience, through expertise, through all the things that you've done or or, or tried or the results you've been able to get, it's you've just got to own that. And whether or not you choose to share the specific numbers or certain things like that, it can feel tacky. It can come across as tacky. And I think if something feels tacky, it may be in the unnecessary category. Like you could file it mm. to, okay, that may not be necessary for me to think like a boss. But I think often in our kind of entrepreneurship, personal development world that exists, it feels like it's just, it's everywhere. We see that as the example totally. of like someone who is empowering and someone who's confident. And I think I don't know if that's true. And I and I think actual like humility, I don't know if you've heard the quote. I think it's C.S. Lewis or Tim Keller. I can't remember. But one of them say, there's a quote that says, um, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Like, oh, I suck. Or, oh, I shouldn't ask for what I'm worth. Or, oh, I shouldn't charge too much. Like that's thinking less of yourself and not valuing what you do, right? And it says, mm. humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. So when you're thinking mm. like a boss, from what I, I'm understanding that you've kind of shared here, it sounds to me like it's more about saying I'm thinking about those people whose lives I'm transforming or the things that I'm the things that I'm touching, the people that I'm touching, the impact that I'm making by taking ownership a of my personal life, putting myself a little bit into the CEO role, being a good manager, a good steward, valuing myself, valuing my work at the right place so that I'm not operating out of exhaustion or resentment or this feeling of obligation that can very much lead to resentment, right? We're actually serving well because we're thinking of those we're serving. And when we're being compensated properly, when we are, you know, taking care of our time and our and our food and the things that we're doing to nourish our lives and prioritizing that so we can pour out as we're thinking about others, I think it's just kind of reorienting how we think of it. Um, It'd be one thing if it was like, oh, thinking of myself and being a boss, I'm going to go like, you know, sit on a yacht and get manicures every day. Like, okay, that's probably not, I don't think that's really thinking like a boss. I think that's thinking like a selfish person. Not that there's anything wrong with going on on a yacht now and then. But the point is, I think it's about who are we thinking about more? And if we're, if we're fueling ourselves and taking care of ourselves and making sure our, 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 our needs are met, then we're going to be able to pour out to others. Because if that's our primary motivation is thinking of others more and ourselves less, that is humble, but it requires like in order to be that kind of humble, it requires to, at least from what I understand, overcome fear, get your mindset right and take care of yourself first. Would you agree? Yes, 100%. That was so good. (laughs) Well, I just kind of wanted to summarize, I think a lot of what I heard you saying, and I felt like, man, I think we can get that mixed up to think like, oh, humility is just like, 
woe is me. I'm over here in the corner. I'm hungry. I'm not taking care of myself because that would be selfish. And like we kind of have believed that's what humility is when I think, you know, even just talking about what you were like something else that might come up is you know, especially for believers, I think I see this a lot. And I kind of, I was just reading the book. Have you heard the book, heard of the book Wild at Heart? Have you ever heard of that book? No. Okay. It's, it's mainly for men, but my husband said like, read this first chapter. It'll help you understand me. So I was reading the first couple chapters and, um, something that, that I read was he was kind of talking about, um, how we often see Jesus as like this kind, meek teddy bear, if you will. Like he's welcoming to everyone and whatnot, but he was actually like, no, like look at the circumstances. He was also a warrior and he also like was unapologetic about rebuking those who needed to be rebuked. Like it's, it's, it's not, and that didn't make him unhumble. Right. So I think we can use that as an example of like, oh yeah, that's true. You know? So anyways, not to get too deep into that, but I just really want to nix that. What is that? Nip that in the bud. Is that how they say it? Like nip that balloon in the butt because I think it really can get in the way of us taking ownership of our lives, being intentional and and making the impact we're made to have. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I always think of, I remind myself that Jesus was such a boundaried person, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, was so humble, served so many people, but also knew there are times when I have to go and retreat. Like I can't mm-hmm. serve any everyone and I'm going to pour into these 12 so that they can go and make a difference in the world. Mm, and so I think true. we have to remember that too. Like we can't serve everyone. Yeah. That's so true. So, so true. Okay. I want to talk about some limiting beliefs here for a minute. You talk about Mm. 12 limiting beliefs that female business owners struggle with. And I know you gave us a couple examples, but can you just tell us what are those 12? Let's dig into them a bit. Yeah. Do you want me to just start with one or do you want me to list out all 12? Let's just list them out first and then maybe tell, maybe let's dive into like one or two that you see as being like particularly like sticky, if that makes sense. Perfect. Okay. So number one, I need to have it all together. Mm. Number two, I'm not ready to start. Number three, I'm not qualified. I'm not smart enough. I'm not young enough or old enough to succeed. Mm. Number four, I'll never have enough money. Mm. Number five, making money is greedy. Number six, I need to say yes to every opportunity that comes my way. Number seven, I can't possibly have a successful business and be a good mom. Mm. Number eight, I need my friends and family's understanding in order to succeed. Number nine, I don't have enough time. Ten, it's already been done before. Eleven, I am my business. And twelve, I'm not capable of handling success. Mm. So true all of them I'm like oh I thought one I thought that one I, I thought that one um so which one of those is, is there one or is there a couple that really seem to be the most common or really stick out the most or just the hardest ones to shake are there a couple that people really in your experience have felt like they just can't shed that one I think like the top three that I see is um like feeling like they need to have it all together which mm-hmm. Again, like all of these sort of go hand in hand, but needing to have it all together, not feeling ready to start and not having enough time. Mm. Those are the ones that I hear the most. Yeah. Yeah. Makes so much sense. Um, So 
let's start with the one let's see let's talk about not having enough time because i think this is an element of thinking like a ceo and being a good manager and a good steward um what do you what do you what do you typically respond to that um or do you have any tools or action steps for someone who just feels like i literally feel like i have no time mm, i think first you start with asking the question of is this an excuse because I'm scared mm. or is this thing just not a priority for me? Cause I think it's usually one or the other. Yeah. Often somebody asks us to do something and we're like, Oh, we just don't have enough time, mm-hmm. but we could actually say this actually isn't a priority for me mm. or this is not aligned for me. And I think that especially as women, we have such a hard time just saying what the thing is mm. like, just saying what we're feeling and we often blame it on these other things like time. Like Mm -hmm. I remember being back in college and one of my roommates calling me out back then. And this is when I realized that um, it was a limiting belief for me. Actually, Mm -hmm. she had said, Hey, do you want to come to so-and-so like a party with me or something? Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, I'm just sort of tired. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't have enough time because I have to study. And she was like, you can just tell me you don't want to come. Like, you don't have to, like, make up an excuse. Hmm. She's like, I know you don't want to come. And I'm so grateful that she called me out on that years ago Hmm. because to this day, I remember that. And I try really hard because I think it's also empowering when we can say as women, like, oh, that's actually just not for me. Yeah. Um, rather than tell, cause I think when we start to tell ourselves, like when we say no to things and we tell ourselves we don't have enough time, then we start to believe it, but that's actually not the truth. Right. Right. So true. I think I've been in, well, I personally have been in that situation several times Mm -hmm. where I'm either on the receiving end or I'm on the, like, I'm going to like kind of make up an excuse here. And, (laughs) um, but it's true. And I think it can be so convicting and it's so important to, kind of just be honest with ourselves of what because we do prioritize the things that we really want right or the things that we really need and so I think for me I tend to be a people pleaser and an achiever so I kind of have had a pattern of always just saying yes to things and it's been truly in the last year that I've been like hard pass hard no and even kind of had to disappoint friends who have supported me in the past and I've supported them in the past and they've reached out and said things like hey I'd love to send you this thing and I just looked at my life and I was like I can't take on something either from an emotional capacity standpoint or a time capacity standpoint. And I've had to start drawing those boundaries and say like, hey, I really can't right now. Um, And I'm always so shocked that they're never offended. (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, they're going to respect that because there's times they probably have to do that too. So anyways, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's really true. Do you have any, I don't know, self checks or check-ins that you do to keep, keep you on track and be true to yourself so that you're not compromising kind of in that, in that example you just shared so that you're not Mm. compromising who you are to act like someone you're not, or um, try to, you know, overextend yourself or think you need to be someone you're not to gain respect or people please or do those types of tendencies we tend to have in these scenarios or when we're operating under these beliefs. Yeah, I think it's just reminding yourself that you will always show up as a best version of yourself when you're rested, like you said before, mm-hmm. when you're eating right, when mm-hmm. you have time to process what's going on in life, when yeah. you're living life from a place of like trying to please everyone else. Mm-hmm you never end up happy. And the sad thing is the people who mean the most to you also, they end up suffering as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
especially yeah. I think like someone like you who has a huge platform, right? Like mm-hmm. you want to help and you want to serve, mm-hmm. but if you're constantly giving, 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 it could be very, very easy if you're not setting a boundary with yourself to then disappoint your friends, disappoint your spouse, your family members, and then number one, disappoint yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we have to remember that. Like, I love saying the word no now because I know the more no's that I say, the better I can show up for mm-hmm. the things I love, the things that I'm passionate about, mm. like my clients, and my business. And the same thing, like you said, I think people have the misconception of if I say no, I'm going to disappoint this person and they're not going to like me anymore. Well, first of all, if that happens, then that person's not meant to be in your life. Mm. And then second, um, if that person really loves and cares about you, they're going to say, okay, that's cool. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've never had the opposite. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've had to personally set boundaries with like, even just friends in the business world. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'd love to support you with that, but I have to show up for my clients right now. And like, I could totally support you with that if you wanted in like a client capacity, but as a Mm -hmm. friend, Mm -hmm. I can't show up Mm -hmm. in that way. And they're like, Oh yeah. Like how can I book a session with you? Or like, how can I get a package? Mm -hmm. And then that feels really good because then you're not like resenting your friendships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've had um, a lot of conversations about this recently because it can be so easy to just kind of, and I think it's actually really good in many ways, especially when you're first getting started to um, connect with others in your industry or friends, right? But specifically make friends in your space um, who do similar things, but maybe maybe slightly different things. Um, maybe not so much competitors, but compliments, if that makes sense. But I think mm. it can be really easy to either overshare. And I've learned that the hard way where then ideas kind of get snapped up and you're like really um or um it can be really easy to overshare your time even if it's not an idea and to the point at which Mm -hmm. you're like I these are hours I should be being paid for and I'm not so where's the line and where's the boundary and I think it varies depending on our season and what our capacity is but I think that's something that getting to a level where I'm like I really need to draw some hard boundaries prioritize certain things in my life and these other things you know the people in my life are important but I want to make sure that I'm maintaining a friend relationship with them rather than what technically functions as a client relationship but Mm. is not and so then there becomes that strain on the actual friendship so I think that's really important too is having those peers in your industry if you will having some boundaries in the amount that you share in certain seasons while still being generous and having open conversation and simultaneously with your personal friends in your life if you know if you're I I heard a really great example one time where if like you um you know your tooth hurt you wouldn't just walk up to your dentist at a cocktail party and be like hey doc can you look at this really quick right like you'd schedule an appointment with him um even if you happen to be in a social setting that's outside of a professional setting right and I think we need to also treat certain relationships in our life similarly just so that we have those healthy boundaries so that friendship can stay friendship and work can stay work and colleague can Mm -hmm. stay colleague in a really healthy functioning way. So that really is so important. I think it's something we forget so much. And so, you know, specifically what you're saying, at least what I'm hearing is that setting boundaries is key to actually being able to achieve your dreams, to being able to bring to fruition and make the contribution that you were made to have on the world. Would you agree? Totally. And I I think also when we can model those boundaries for other people, 
it helps empower them like, oh, wow, I can do this too. I don't have to just give everything away for free Mm -hmm. and drain myself of my energy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think people really, really learn through modeling. Yeah. Mm, So true. So, so true. Okay. With that in mind, I'm curious if you could give um, maybe like two or three practical steps that our listeners can take if they are wanting to get started on their passion, but getting stuck in these lies, what's something that they need to identify before anything else? And what are maybe some practical steps that can be taken to actually start pursuing that next level or that next step or that next dream? I guess first, I I love to ask a lot of questions. So starting with the question, like, what would I want to achieve if there were no limitations. So if I had all of the money that I needed to get whatever started, if I had all of the time that was necessary, if I felt ready, if I felt supported, like what would I go and do? Hmm. And once you have that clear, then take the next steps. And here's the thing, like you're never going to feel ready. Hmm. And the longer you wait to feel ready, the harder it actually gets because you end up talking yourself out of it. You end up thinking all of those lies, like you said before, like you think these things like 200 times and then Mm -hmm. it actually turns into a lie. Mm -hmm. So you're like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I can like get on a live stream or whatever. And Mm -hmm. you think about it so much that then you're paralyzed and you actually can't move forward. So I always say like when there's an opportunity or something you want to do, say yes first and then go figure it out. So Mm If you want to start a business, say, you know what, I'm just going to start this. Like, I'm not ready. I don't have the tools, but I'm going to commit to it. I'm going to say it out loud. And I would also say that's a tip too, is make sure you have people around you that you can say these things out loud to. Hmm. So whether it's just posting about it on social media or sending an email to a friend or telling your significant other, but say it out loud because then you're held accountable. And Mm. then like, sometimes I feel like we, it's hard for us to do it for ourselves at times. Like we sometimes just have to do it for other people, like Mm -hmm. not actually do it for other people, but like show up to the commitment. Mm. So it's okay if you have to do that right now. Like Mm. you tell your friends or your colleagues, I'm going to do this and do it because you don't want to disappoint Um, so I would say start there. Um, and then find ways that you can also just start setting some boundaries in your life. I think that especially that time lie of like, there's not enough time. There are, there is so much more time than we really can see. Mm. And it's about figuring out like, what's a priority? What are we doing right now? That's just not necessary. Like, is it scrolling on your phone? Is it watching Netflix at night? Is mm-hmm. it um, spending time where you're just like, I don't know, engaging in negative self-talk mm-hmm. or maybe engaging in conversations that are just not uplifting? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's relationships that are toxic, but you feel like you have to stay. Yeah. Who are those people and what are those things that you can slowly start to cut out? And I challenge everyone, all of my clients, like just friends, always find three things each week that you can cut out of your life or business. Hmm. Um, There's usually something on your calendar 
that you can go back and take off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I actually was talking to my therapist about this the other day, how I feel like as Christian women, we often tell ourselves this lie of like, well, I committed. So like, I have to go mm-hmm. and do this thing. Yeah. And I think like, I actually don't agree with that. I think that what's best for us to do is if maybe you said something, you said yes to something that was aligned yesterday, but it's no longer today. Hmm. You go to that person and say, like, you just go and tell them the truth. Like, Hey, this is how I feel now. I'm not feeling a hundred percent about this anymore. Hmm. Um, I really wish that I was. Mm -hmm. And like, how does that make you feel? Like, what would you want me to do? Hmm. And I think, Like if it was a commitment with, like I think of like someone, when I used to do interviews on my podcast, let's say someone committed and then they came back and were like, you know what, I'm not sure if I want to come on anymore. I would say, okay, like that's your out. You don't have Mm -hmm. to come on. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just about us like getting really honest and like being okay with Mm. sort of going back on our word. Yeah. In a way that I think is honest, like you said. And I think we often hear about going back on our word. Or I actually had someone say to me once, like, quitter, they, we always hear like quitters or winners never quit. And then they kind of challenge yeah. that with like, actually, winners quit all the time because they, yeah. quit, they quit the wrong things. Um, that doesn't mean they're just giving up on hard work or giving up on the things that matter, but they quit the wrong things or the things that are actually unhelpful or the things that are actually, um, getting in the way of what matters most. And there's, and sometimes seasons of life call for that in a really more drastic way. And so I think we get really hung up on like, well, I don't want to go back on my word. I don't want to be, um, you know, I guess kind of wishy-washy when it comes to commitments, which I absolutely encourage. Mm. But I think on the same token, there's also a level of, yeah, you want to be a committed person. You want to be a person of your word, but you also want to be honest if, a circumstance mm-hmm. changes or a need changes. That happens all the time. That doesn't mean you are making a commitment with the intention to, you know, bail, but that's just the reality of life is sometimes certain things come up that need more of our attention, such as our health or our families or uh, an unexpected, you know, challenge that arises that makes it difficult to say, oh yeah, I'm going to go to coffee or oh yeah, I'm going to go spend my free time over here. That's no longer really free. So I do agree with you in many, many ways, the importance of just transparency in those things helps us still be honest and not come across as wishy-washy when we start making up excuses or not sharing where we're really at. I think that's where we get into trouble. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So good. Okay. Um, let's, I just kind of want to keep this short and sweet, but I would love if there's, um, anything that else you would like to add, you've already given us a great challenge. If there's any way that where can everyone find you, your book, um, how can they go deeper if they're really struggling with some of these beliefs or need some help working through them on a more personal level is if there's anything else you'd like to kind of throw out there in that regard, we are all ears. Thank you. Yeah. So I have a podcast called Thinking Like a Boss, just like my book. And each week I have, I've recently shortened my episodes. So now they're around 20 minutes long and they're all teaching episodes. So I have like a different four part series every four weeks and I break down whatever the thing is. So like the last four part series was visibility. Mm. And I just shared like these six pillars that you need to consistently revisit in order to stay visible online. So Mm. the podcast, Thinking Like a Boss, and then I'm on Instagram, just my name, Kate Krakow. I am there every day 
It's one of my favorite places to show up. I do set boundaries, and I'm usually not on it on the weekends. Um, But Monday through Friday, you'll find me there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kate, thanks for your time. Thanks for giving us not only practical steps and some things we can be thinking about and challenges, but also just helping us understand some of the probably subconscious thoughts that we tend to have that can really quickly turn into lies we believe. I think we can be so focused on all of the things that are on our plate and all that we're thinking that we're not even very aware of what's really running through our minds and how that might be affecting our ability to make our unique contribution to the world, contribute to the flourishing of humankind and really pursue the dreams that are in our heart. So all of this has been so good. Thank you so much. I know it's been such a blessing to everyone listening. Thank you for having me. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.